Ihyalumadin by Imam Ghazali. Volume 3, Chapter 9 Pride and Self Praise. The Prophet said, Pride is my shirt and greatness is my garment. I destroy one who takes something out of them. He also said, There are three destructive things miserliness, which is obeyed, passion, which is followed, and self praise. So pride and satisfaction owing to self-praise are bad and destructive ideas of the mind and such a mind is greatly diseased and an object of hatred to God. Section 1. Condemnation of Pride The Quran says, Soon I shall return away from my signs those who take pride unjustly in this world. 7.16. God says, Thus God seals the heart of each proud and oppressive person. 50.35. God says they prayed to be victorious and every proud and boastful man was destroyed. 14.15 God says God does not love those who are proud. God says those who turn away from my service out of pride will soon enter hell being disgraced. There are many verses of pride of in the Quran. The Hadith of the Prophet The Holy Prophet said, He who has got in his mind pride to the weight of a mustard seed will not enter paradise and he who has got in his mind faith to the weight of a mustard seed will not enter hell. The Prophet said, God will throw hell over the face of one in whose mind there is the slightest pride. Once, Sulaiman addressed the birds, the beasts, animals and men. Go out in procession. 200,000 men and 200,000 beasts joined the procession. The wind was taking them upwards. He rose to such a height that he heard the sounds of tasbih of the angels in the sky. Then he got down to the bottom of the sea. Then he heard the advice from heavens. If the least sign of pride was found within the mind of your friend Suleiman, he would have been destroyed in the bottom of the sea before he rose up to the sky. The Prophet said, A long neck will have two ears to hear, two eyes to see and a tongue to speak. It will say, I have been entrusted with three people. Every proud and insolent man, every man who worships other than with God, and every maker of pictures. The Prophet said, Paradise and hell once quarreled with each other. Hell said, I have been entrusted with the proud and oppressors. Paradise said, The weak, the destitute, and the helpless will enter in me. God said to Paradise, You are God's mercy. I will give you out of my mercy those whom I wish. He said to hell, You are my punishment. I will punish those whom I wish. I will fill you up both. The Prophet said, he who is an oppressor and exceeds limits, being forgetful of the Almighty, is hated. He who is engaged in fruitless talks and lives, being forgetful of grace and destruction, is hated. He who is disobedient and lives, being forgetful of the first and the last, is hated. Once the Prophet was informed that a certain man was very proud, he said, Has he got no death after this? When the death of Prophet Noah came near, he called his sons and said, I am giving you two injunctions and two prohibitions. I prohibit you to take pride and shirk, and I order you to recite. There is no God but God, and tasbih and tahmid. If the heavens and the earth are placed in one scale, and la ilaha illallah is placed in another scale, the latter will be heavier. Jesus Christ said, He is good, whom God taught the revealed book, and who does not die being an oppressor. The prophet said, Every passion-loving man, every proud man, every boarder, every hypocrite are dwellers of hell, and every poor and weak man is a dweller of paradise. The Prophet said, 
He who is the best amongst you in conduct will be the dearest and the nearest to me in the next world. The most distant of me amongst you and the object of most hatred are those people who are talkative, the trouble-givers and the munafiqeen. The Prophet said, that is the hypocrites. The Prophet said, who are the munafiqeen? He said, the hypocrites, the proud. The Prophet said, the proud will be raised on the day of judgment as dwarfs. The people will go on treading with feet on these dwarfs. The figure of everything will be higher than their figure. They will be driven to hell, named Bolas. Their food will be the fire of hell and their drink will be Khobal or the blood of the dwellers of hell. The Prophet said, On the day of judgment, the proud and the oppressors will be presented in hell as dwarfs. The people will be treading upon them as toys of God. The Prophet said, there is a palace in hell where the proud will be admitted and then it will be shut up. The Prophet used to pray, O God, I seek refuge to you from the pride of the proud. He also said, He from whose body life has gone out and is saved from three matters, pride, debt and deceit will enter paradise. The wise sayings of the sages. Abu Bakr said, No Muslim shall hold in contempt another Muslim as he is small amongst the Muslims is great near God. Sage Wahab said, When God created Adam, salam, he looked at him and said, You are unlawful for every proud man. Muhammad bin Hussein said, Whenever something of pride enters into the mind of a man, small or great, his wisdom of that proportion is reduced. Suleiman was once asked, Is there any sinner whose virtues do not do him any benefit? He said, A proud man. Demerits of pride and science. The Prophet said, God will not look towards him who walks with a garment out of pride. He also said, Once a man was feeling delight looking at his dress, God ordered him to be drowned underneath the earth up to the resurrection day. The Prophet said, When my followers will walk with pride and their servants will be inhabitants of Persia and Byzantium, God will place some of them to rule over the others. The Prophet said, he who thinks of himself great and discloses pride in his behavior will meet with God in his enraged condition. God says, Don't walk upon the earth with pride. You can neither pierce through the earth nor reach the heights of the mountains. 10.37 The merits of modesty and humility. The Prophet said, God increases the honor of a man by virtue of his pardon. God raises him up who takes to modesty for the pleasure of God. The Prophet said, There is no such man with whom... There are no two angels. They fix rain to his mouth. When he raises up his head, they lower it. When he is modest, they say, O God, raise up his head. The Prophet said, He who shows modesty, being powerful, spends what he earns lawfully and shows kindness to the helpless and the destitute and keeps company with the wise and the learned is blessed. The Prophet said, God humiliates him who takes pride. God makes him solvent who takes the middle course in spending. God makes him poor, who is extravagant, and God loves him who remembers him the most. Once, the Prophet was taking a meal with some of the companions. At that time, a beggar came and stood by the door. He was crippled, being attacked with paralysis, and the people began to hate him. The Prophet gave him permission to come inside and kept him seated on his thigh and said, Take food. A man of the Quraysh saw this and prohibited him from prohibited him being greatly hateful of him 
It was then that he died afterwards of this disease. The Prophet said, My God gave me an option of either of two things, slavery with the office of prophethood or reign with the office of prophethood. I could not determine as to which of these I should choose, and therefore I raised my head towards my friend Jibrail, who said, Be humble to your Lord. I said, I choose slavery with prophethood. God sent revelations to Moses. I accept the prayers of one who humbles himself before my glory, who does not boast over my servants, keeps my fear attached to his heart, spends the day in my remembrance, and deprives himself from passions and desires for my sake. The prophet said, There is honor in the fear of God, pedigree in humility, and real wealth in faith. Jesus Christ said, Those who are humble in this world are blessed. They will gain rank on the day of judgment in the highest heaven. Those who keep their minds pure in this world are blessed. They will gain in the sight of God on the day of judgment. The Prophet said, When God gives a servant guidance of Islam, fine figure, and does not put him to any place of dishonor, and gives him the quality of humility, he becomes dear to God. He said, Modesty does not increase but progress. So be modest. God will bestow mercy on you. Once the Prophet was taking his meal, at that time, a black man being attacked with smallpox came and was trembling before him. The neighboring men were going away from him. The Prophet kept him seated by his side. The Prophet said, God gives four qualities to a man whom he loves. Silence in divine service, reliance on God, modesty and renunciation of the world. The Prophet said, God raises him to the seventh heaven who takes recourse to modesty. He said, he who carries himself the necessary things of his family destroys his pride. The Prophet said, once said to his companions, why do I not get from you the pleasure of divine service? They asked, what is the pleasure of divine service? He said, modesty. He said, when you find the humble amongst my followers, be humble to them. When you find the pride, proud, treat them with pride because they will feel humiliated and humbled. Wise sayings. Omar ibn al-Khattab said, When a man takes recourse to modesty for God, he raises his wisdom. When he takes to pride and enmity, he drowns him underneath the earth. It is then ordered, Be off, God has removed you. He is great to himself, but small to the people. Even if he is worse to them than a pig, Yusuf bin Asbat said, The fear of God is sufficient for more divine services. A little modesty is sufficient for great labor. Ibn al-Mubarak said, To treat with modesty with a person who is inferior to you is in wealth is the root of modesty. The latter will then understand that superiority is insignificant to you. Treat with superiority with one who is superior to you in worldly riches. He will then understand that the worldly superiority is insignificant to you. God revealed to Jesus Christ, When I give you wealth, I will give you in full, if you accept it humbly. Kaab said, If God gives a man worldly wealth, and if he expresses gratefulness for it, to please God and become humble, he will give him its benefits in this world, and also increase his rank in the next world. Abdul Malik was asked, Who is good? He said, That person who is modest in spite of his power, who gives up his low desires and who pardons in spite of his strength. Ibn Sama went to Khalif Harun Rashid and said, O commander of the faithful, the modesty which you show in spite of your power 
is more honourable than the honour of your lordship, he said. What a good word you have uttered, he said. O commander of the faithful, if one who has been given by God the beauty of physique, the quality of modesty, wealth and prosperity, acquires the quality of fear of God and removes the wants of others by his wealth and earns the attributes of modesty, his name will be enrolled along with the friends of God in the special record of God. Then Khalifa kept these instructions written in his own hand. It was the habit of Suleiman that at dawn he received the rich and the honourable people and then he took seat with the poor and said to them, He who is poor sits with the poor. A certain sage said, The more one is humble to himself, the more he is raised up to God. The more one is great to himself, the more he is mean to God. Jayat Norman said, A worldly renunciated man without humility is like a tree without fruits. Sage Fazil said, He who loves power will never be successful. Sage Shibli said, My humility has made the humility of the Jews void. A certain sage said, He who considers himself an asset has got nothing of humility in him. Saint Abu Zayed said, As long as there is in in this thought in one's mind that others are worse than him, he is called a proud man. He was asked, When will he be modest? He said, When he f will not find for himself any rank or honor. Orwa bin Mas'ud said, Modesty is a means of earning pedigree. For every gift there is a person of envy except your modesty, except for modesty. A certain sage said, It is good for every man to take to modesty, but it is better for a rich man. To take pride is bad for everyone, but it is worst for a poor man. A certain sage said, He who thinks of himself modest for the pleasure of God, there is honor for him. If there is progress for there is progress for one who is modest for the pleasure of God. There is safety for the one who fears the Almighty God. There is gain for one who sells himself for God. Abu Ali Jayad said, Nature is filled up with pride, greed and envy. God deprives one of modesty, admonition and contentment whom he wishes to destroy. God gives those qualities to one whom he wishes good. Sage Junaid said, the Prophet said, The worst men will be the leaders in the latter days. Abu Bakr Siddiq said, We have found honor in the fear of God, contentment in firm faith and pedigree in modesty. We pray for God's mercy. What is pride? Pride is of two kinds, open and secret. Secret pride is the name of a feeling of a superiority. When it is expressed in actions, it is called open pride. Feeling of superiority in the mind is called self-conceit or kibr. When it is expressed in actions, it is called takabbar or pride. So self-conceit is the root of pride. Self-conceit is self-contentment in thinking that you are superior to others. There are three elements in it. Number one, one who is proud. Number two, one on whom it is shown. Number three, the object for which it is felt. Self-praise, uzab, has got only one element, namely the person who takes pride, while self-conceit has got three elements. Appreciation of one's own quality is not by itself self-conceit, but it's an appreciation if he firmly believes, feels joy for it, 
and thinks himself superior to others, it is to be understood that there are elements of self-conceived in him. For this reason the Prophet said, I seek refuge to God from the breath of the proud. Umar ibn al-Khattab said that the person who sought his permission to deliver a lecture, I fear for you the blow of pride. This feeling of superiority is called self-conceit. Ibn Abbas explained it by saying that it is a feeling of superiority over others. It is expressed in words or behavior. It is called takabbar or pride, which is outward expression of self-conceit. The harms of pride. The Prophet said, He who has an atom of pride in him will not enter paradise. A proud man cannot love for others what he loves for himself as he is proud. He cannot give up hatred as there is pride in him. He cannot stand on truth as there is pride in him. He cannot control anger as he has got pride in him. He cannot accept admonition as he has got pride in him. He is not safe from the acquisitions of the people as there is pride in him. The worst thing is self-conceit is to receive no benefit from learning, not to recognize the truth and not to follow it. The harms of pride. The Prophet said, He who has an atom of pride in his mind will not enter paradise. A proud man cannot love for others what he loves for himself. He cannot give up hatred as there is pride in him. He cannot stand on the truth. He cannot control his anger. He cannot accept admonition. He is not safe from the acquisition of the people. The worst thing in self-conceit is to receive no benefit from your learning, not to recognize the truth, and not to follow it. God says, Enter the door of hell and live therein. How bad is the place of the proud? 37.72 God says, He who will receive the greatest punishment among the dwellers of hell is one who is the most rebellious of them to God. God says, Then I will take out for from each people such men as are more enemies of the merciful God. God says, the hearts of those who do not believe in the hereafter deny the truth and they are proud. God says, Those who turn away out of pride from my service will enter hell disgraced. God says, I will keep away these those persons from me who roam in the earth proudly. 7. 146 It has been explained that the understanding of the Quran will be taken out of their hearts. It has been said that God will throw a screen up their hearts. Sage Jarir said in the explanation of the above verse that God will keep them away from the thoughts of the unseen world and from the acceptance of sermons. For this reason Jesus Christ said, Crops grow in soft earth, it does not grow in hard ground. Similarly, wisdom arises in the soft, modest mind. It does not arise in the hard heart. Don't you see that the head of one who lifts it up to the roof is crushed and the head of one which is kept low is saved. These are illustrations of the proud. The Prophet said, He who is heedless of the truth and a backbiter is proud. Objects on whom pride is shown. Such objects are of several classes. Number one, the creator of the world. Number two, the prophets. Number three, people in general. Man has been created an oppressor and an ignorant person. Because sometimes he takes pride over God's cre creatures and sometimes even over the creator, that is God. So there are three classes of objects over whom pride is shown. The first class. It is pride on God which is the worst. 
Its cause is utter ignorance and infidelity, as infidelity of Namrud and Fir'aun. It occurred in the minds of Namrud that he would fight with God. Fir'aun and others claimed also Godhood. Fir'aun said, I am the highest Lord. For this reason, God says, those who turn away from my worship will soon enter hell humiliated. God says, Jesus Christ and the near angels do not deny to become servants of God. Jesus Christ, God says, when they are asked to make obedience to the merciful, they say, who is the merciful? The second class pride upon the prophets of God. The reason is that one thinks of himself greater than the prophet and therefore does not follow them. Out of ignorance, he thinks that his words are true. A certain man said to the prophet of God, Shall we have faith in people like us? They used to say, You are a man like us. Had there come down to them an angel? God says about Fir'aun, He and his soldiers wandered proudly in the earth. He expressed haughtiness over God and over all his apostles. Moses told Fir'aun, I will consult Haman in this matter. He consulted with Haman, who said, you are our Lord. People worship you, Fir'aun. If you bring faith in God, you will be a slave and you will worship another. Then Fir'aun denied to worship God and to follow Moses. God gave news of the Quraysh who said, Had this Quran been revealed to the two great men of the two cities? Katada said that these two great men are Olid bin Mughira and Abu Masood Saqafi. They said, How has God sent an orphan over us? Then God revealed, Do they divide the mercy of your Lord? The Quraysh said to the Prophet, How can we sit near you when these mean people are sitting around you? They meant by poor people and the poor Muslims. When God revealed this verse, Don't drive those who call their Lord morning and evening. God says, Bear patience with those who worship their Lord morning and evening for God's pleasure and turn away your eyes from them to the worldly grandeurs. God says of their punishment in the following verse. They say, Why do we not find out those whom we considered mean? By this word, Bilal, Amir, Sohaib and Mekdad and other companions of the Prophet were meant. The third class, pride on the general people to think of oneself greater in comparison to other people and to look upon them with content, means a sense of pride over them. Thus, he keeps himself away from following the people. It is bad for two reasons. The first reason is that pride and superiority are due only to God. Man, being naturally helpless, is not able to do anything on his own. How can he claim pride under these circumstances? When a man wants to take pride, he wants to set up partnership with the attributes of God, which he cannot do. If any slave wears the crown of a king and sits on a throne, he becomes an object of wrath and hatred of the king. How is he punished for treason? For this reason, God says, Pride is my garment and glory is my shirt. Whoever quarrels with me about these two matters, I will destroy him. In another, he who claims to be vested with an attribute which is solely mine is ruined. He who takes pride over the servants of God commits sin to God. If an officer of the king is humiliated by anyone, he is said to oppose the order of the king. He who wears the crown of the king and sits in his throne begins an object of hatred and extreme anger of the king for which he gets the highest punishment of treason. 
The second cause is that pride calls one to disobey the injunctions of God as a proud man declines to hear sermons from anybody. God says, the unbelievers say, don't hear the verses of the Quran but make noise when they read it out and then you will become victorious over the Muslims. It is the habit of the unbelievers and the hypocrites not to accept truth. As God says, when they are said, fear God, their pride leads them to transgression. 2.206 Omar ibn al-Khattab said, when he recited this verse, We are for God and to him we shall return. A man stood up and began to deliver sermons, but he was soon killed. Another man then got up and said, Do you kill those who tell the people to establish justice? He who opposed the proud man was killed. The prophet said to a man, Take meal with your right hand. He said, I can't do it. The prophet said, Can't you do it? His pride prevented him to take a meal with his right hand. It was reported that after that his right hand became paralyzed. The devil is the best insistence of this pride. He was driven out of paradise by God as he took pride. And he did not prostrate before Adam salam in obedience to God's command. He said, You have created me from fire and Adam of clay. 7.12 this finished the devil once and for all. The Prophet said, He who rejects the truth and backbites people is a proud man. In another hadith he said, He who denies truth and holds the people in contempt is a proud man. The second harm of pride is to reject the truth. He who thinks that he is better than other Muslims and holds himself in content and looks upon him as small rejects truth knowingly and takes pride in his treatment with the people. He who does not like to be humble to God, to obey God's commands, and to follow the Prophet takes pride over God and his prophets. Subjects in which pride is shown. Pride is shown in religious and earthly matters. Religious matters are education, divine services, and honesty. Earthly matters are pedigree, beauty, power, wealth, and lordship. For these matters, there arises pride. Number one, education. The first cause of pride is education as the learned take pride in their learning. The Prophet said, The danger of education is pride. A learned man easily takes pride owing to his learning. He thinks himself great on account of the excellence of learning and perfectness and holds in contempt other people. He considers others as animals, illiterate and ignorant. He believes that he is the most respectable man amongst them. A man, however, can know himself and his Lord by real education and know the dangers at the time of his death. Though there are great dangers in education, real education, however, increases the fear of God, modesty and other qualities. Abu Darza said, The man more is wise, the more he is responsible. There are two causes for which learning will lead to pride. The first cause is that he does not learn real education with which God is recognized and which engages the mind in the next worldly duties. This grows the fear of God in modesty. God says the learned amongst the servants of God fear him the most. Except this, other kinds of learnings like medicine, mathematics, language, poetry, law are technical education and they are not real education. Real education gives the knowledge of God and the slavehood of man. The second cause is that vain arguments are made by education which pollutes the mind, changes the motives and breeds bad conduct. Sage Wahab cited an illustration of this learning. He said, education is like rain which comes down pure from the sky. 
trees, plants and leaves drink that water through their roots. That water then assumes different natures according to the different kinds of trees and leaves. Water increases bitterness in a plant which is bitter and sweetness in a plant which is sweet. Similar is the case of education. People acquire education and change it according to their conduct and desires for which pride in the mind of the proud and humility in the mind of the humble is generated. The man whose objective of learning is to boast increases his boast by education. The man whose objective is to increase the fear of God increases his fear of God by his education. He knows that there is no necessity of proof as it is established well from him. For this God said to his prophet, Make your wing modest for one amongst the believers who follows you. 26.26 God says, Had you been unkind and harsh, they would have gone away from your side. 3.149 God describes his friends thus, They are modest to the believers but harsh to the unbelievers. The prophet said, Such people will come soon who will read the Quran but it will not cross their throats. They will say, we have read the Quran, who is better in Quran reading than us? Then he said to the companions, O my followers, these people will come out from amongst you. They are the fuels of hell. For this reason, Omar ibn al-Khattab said, don't be included within the proud learned men. Your education will not be able to remove your ignorance in that circumstances. For this reason, he did not give permission to Tamim Dari when he sought his permission to deliver lectures. Rather, he said that it is equal to murder. Once Huzaifa led prayers of the people, he said after the prayers, Pray behind another Imam as a thought occurred in my mind that there is nobody amongst my people better than myself. When a reputed companion like Huzaifa is not safe from this, what will be your condition? Thus, you, thus who had perfected education passed away in the first and the second centuries of Hijra. The Prophet said, Soon there will come a condition over the people in which a man doing one-tenth of divine service of yours will get salvation. But for this good news, people of this age would have been ruined. The second cause of pride in religious service. The religious men are not free from pride. The form of pride of a man regarding worldly matters is that he thinks that the people should come to him and not to others, that they should stand up for him to show respect and that they should broadcast his piety amongst the general people. The form of pride of a man in religious matters is that he thinks he has got salvation and the other people are ruined. The Prophet said, When you hear a man say men are ruined, know that he is ruined amongst them. He also said, It is sufficient for the sin of a man that he holds his brother Muslim as mean. It is reported that a man called Kehye was a great sinner amongst the people of Israel. He was one day passing by a religious man among whose head a piece of cloud was giving shade. This man thought while passing by him that God has shown mercy on him if he would keep his companionship. Then he went to him. The religious man thought, I am a religious man and this man is a great sinner. How can he sit with me? He said to him, Go away from me. God then revealed to the prophet of that age, Tell both of them to do divine service from the start. I have forgotten the great sinner and forgiven him and spoiled the virtues of the religious man. In another narration, a piece of cloud drifted away from above the head of this religious man and went to the head of the sinner. Know from this that God examines the heart of a religious man. When a sinner becomes modest for God and most in God fear, he becomes obedient to God with all of his heart. Once a man struck a sage on his neck with his foot 
and then fell at once in prostration. The sage said, raise your head up, God will not forgive you. God sent revelation to the prophet of that age. Tell the hermit and the sage that he is a proud man and God will not forgive his sins. Once a man was praised before the prophet. When he came to the prophet, they said, O apostle of God, we praise this man. The prophet said, I am getting the smell of the devil from the mouth of this man. He came, saluted the prophet and stood by him. The prophet asked him, I ask you in the name of God, do you think that there is no better man than you in your tribe? He said, yes, I think so. The prophet saw the impurity of his mind by the lighthood of his prophet and that reflected on his face. The third cause of pride is that of pedigree and ancestry, that is lineage. He who is honorable in lineage and ancestry holds another in contempt that the latter is superior to him in divine service and education. Abu Zar said, There was an altercation between me and another man in presence of the Prophet. The Prophet said to him, O son of a black woman. At once the Prophet said, O Abu Zar, one sa is equal to another sa. That means two scales are equal. There is no superiority of a man of a pretty woman over the man of a black woman. Abu Zar said, I have become ashamed and said to that man, Rise up and slap my face. Now look how the Prophet brought him to his senses. He thought himself superior as he was beautiful. Once two men began to boast of their lineage. One man said to another, I am the descendant of so and so. Who are you? You have got no mother. The Prophet said two men quarreled thus similarly before Moses. One man said, I am the son of so and so. He showed his ancestors up to the ninth degree. God then revealed to Moses, O Moses, Tell that proud man, your ancestors up to the ninth degree have all gone to hell. You are the tenth person amongst them. The prophet said, some men take boast of their ancestry, but they are reduced to ashes in hell or worse than worms of cow dung near God. The fourth cause of pride is beauty. Such a pride is found mostly in women. Aisha said, once a woman came to the prophet and showed by my hand that she is a short lady. The prophet then said, you have backbited her. The fifth reason of pride is wealth and riches of the kings and the rulers and of the in merchants of lands amongst the farmers of dresses and conveyances amongst the luxurious people. As a result, they hold the poor in contempt. The sixth reason of pride, if there is strength in the body, it generates pride. A strong man takes pride over a weak man. The seventh reason of pride of man and power. If there are many disciples, helpers, students, relatives, pride crops up in the mind. Similarly, the rulers and the kings take pride for their number of soldiers, their arms and ammunitions. Causes of having pride. Know, oh dear readers, that self-conceit is a secret disease. If it appears in conduct and actions, it is called takabbar. There are three causes of expression of pride. Number one, one cause is connected with a proud man. Number two, one cause is connected with the man on whom pride is shown. Number three, one cause is connected with other things except for the above two. The first one is uzab or self-praise and the second one is hatred towards other people on whom pride is shown and the third one is riya, that is show. From this angle of view, there are four causes of pride, self-praise, hatred, envy and show. Self-praise generates self-conceit and this self-conceit is expressed in words, actions, conduct and it is called pride. The signs of pride. The first sign of pride, it is expressed by conduct such as looking askance, keeping head downwards, sitting cross-legged, 
sitting, leaning against something, etc. It is also expressed in conversations, conduct, signs, gestures, movements, and actions. Ali bin Abu Talib said, If anybody wishes to see one of the inmates of hell, let him see a man sitting in front of whom the people remain standing. Anas bin Malik said, one, No one was so dear to the people than the Prophet. When they saw him, they did not stand to show respect as they knew that the Prophet did not like it. Another sign of pride is that a proud man does not walk alone. He likes that others should follow him. Abu Darda said, If the people follow a man, he is removed from God. Abdul Rahman bin Auf could not be distinguished from his servants as there was no distinguish between him and them outwardly. Once a party of men were following Hassan al-Basri, they prohibited him them from following him. The Prophet sometimes said to his companions to walk in front of him. Another sign of pride is that a proud man does not like to meet with other people. It is reported that when Sufyan Saori came to Makkah, Ibrahim bin Abham said to him, a man, and said, Come to us to recite some hadith. When he came, Ibrahim was asked, O Abu Ishaq, why have you not sent a man to call him? He said, I desire to examine his modesty. Another sign of a proud man is that if a, pe if a poor person sit by them, they do not allow them to come very close to them. It is contrary to modesty. Ibn Wahhab said, Once I sat near Abdul Aziz bin Ali. He joined his thighs with me. As a result, I moved aside. He dragged my cloth and said, Why do you treat me the way you treat with the proud? I don't know who else is worse amongst you than myself. Anas bin Malik said, When an ordinary woman of Medina would catch hold of the hand of the Prophet, and he would not take it off until she took him to whatever place she wished. Another sign of a proud man is that he saves himself from association with the diseased and the ill and keeps away from them. Such a conduct is included within pride. Once a man came to the Prophet trembling as he was attacked with smallpox. At that time, the companions were taking a meal along with the Prophet. When he sat near one of the companions, he went away from him. The Prophet drew him near and made him sit with him. Another sign of a proud man is that he does not give in charity with his own hands. Once a guest came to Khalif Umar bin Abdul Aziz at night. He was writing and the light of the lamp was about to be extinguished. The guest said, I shall take the lamp and make it right. He said, to engage a guest in any work is against gentlemanly behavior. The guest said, I am waking up your servant. The Khalifa said, the servant has gone just now to sleep. Then the Khalifa himself filled up the lamp with oil. The guest said, O commander of the faithful, why are you doing it yourself? He said, Before the oil was brought, I was the same Omar as I am after it was brought. There is no decrease in my honor. He who is humble to God is the best. Another sign of pride is that such a man does not carry his necessary things to his house. This is opposed to the habit of the humble. The Prophet used to take recourse to the path of modesty. Ali ibn Abu Talib said, No perfection of a perfect man is reduced if he carries anything to his house. Abu Ubaidah was the commander-in-chief. He used to carry his own water pitcher to the bathroom. Saint Sabit bin Malik said, I saw the companion Abu Huraira carrying a load of fuel from the market, though he was the governor of Merwan, the Khalifa. He said, Ibn Malik, give a little way to your governor. Asbats bin Nataba said, As if I am seeing Omar ibn al-Khattab with a bushel of meat in his left hand and the staffer of administration in his right hand roaming around in the market. 
A certain sage said, I saw Ali bin Abu Talib with a bag of meat which he purchased for one dirham carrying it to his house. I said to him, O commander of the faithful, give it to me for carrying. He said, It can't be. The master of the family is fit to carry it. Another sign of pride is dresses and adornments. The Prophet said, Dress of ordinary kind belongs to faith. The saint Harun said, I asked the Prophet about the meaning of the word bazara. He said, It is a dress of ordinary kind. Zaid bin Wahab said, I saw Umar ibn al-Khattab once coming out of the market with the staff of administration in his hand with a torn piece of cloth which he put on. He had 14 stitches out of which many of them were old skin. Ali bin Abu Talib was once asked of a sh short dress. He said, I put on such a dress for which mine becomes soft. Jesus Christ said, Pride comes in the mind. Pride comes in mind becomes soft. Jesus Christ said, Pride comes in mind if good dress is put on. It has been reported that Khalif Omar bin Abdulaziz once purchased a dress with 1000 dirhams before he came to Khalif, before he became Khalifa, and he said, How good it would have been if it would have not been rough. When he accepted the caliphate, he purchased a cloth with 5 dirhams and said, How good it would have been had it not been thin. He was asked, O commander of the faithful, where are your dresses, conveyances and scents? He said, My nature was desirous of constant enjoyment of happiness. I enjoyed, it, I enjoyed it once in this world and do not desire to enjoy it again. I like to enjoy happiness which is greater than that. Even I enjoyed the happiness of rule which is the highest worldly pressure. There is still greater happiness near God which I want to enjoy. Once, Omar bin Abdulaziz was leading the prayer of Jummah with clothes having stitches in the front and the back. One of the men said, O commander of the faithful, God has given you wealth. It would have been better if you would have put on a good dress. He said, The time of wealth is the best time for good actions, and the time of power is the time to pardon. The Prophet said, He who gives up adornments for the pleasure of God, gives up fine dresses, becomes modest to God for God's pleasure, it becomes then the duty of God to dress him with fine dresses in paradise. The prophets are, eat and drink, put on clothes and give charity, but do not be extravagant and do not take pride. God loves that sign of his gifts is expressed on his servants. Jesus Christ said, what has become of you that you come to me with clothes of a sage while your heart is that of a ferocious beast, dressed with the dresses of the kings, but make your heart soft with the fear of God. Another sign of pride is that when another anyone rebukes you, gives you trouble and realizes his dues, he does not keep patience. The example of the Prophet is that of Abu Sayyid al-Khudri said, Eat for the pleasure of God, drink for the pleasure of God, dress for the pleasure of God. If there is show, name and fame in these things, there will be a sin. Keep such habits in your house, which the Prophet had in his house. He used to give food to the animals with his own hands, he used to sweep his own house, milk his goats, put on shoes, sew his sandals, sew his cloths, take food with the servants, help them when they became tired, purchase necessary things from the market, carry the necessary things, help his wives with their works, handshake with everyone, the rich and the poor. He used to salute those who came in front, young or old, white or black, slave or master. He had no outer or inner, inner garments, and when anybody invited him, he did not feel shame to accept it, though it came from one dissolved in hairs and laden with dust. He did not reject invitation. He used to not hate the food that was served to him. He did not hoard the night food for the next morning. 
he remained satisfied with little food. His nature was modest, his, his mind was kind, his face was pleasant, he used to smile and not laugh. He became sorry without despair, stern without harshness, modest without meanness, charitable without misuse, kind to his relatives and to the Muslims. He never ate to his heart's content. Aisha supported the above statement of Abu Sayyid al-Khudri. Aisha said, I tell you that the Prophet never ate belly full with satisfaction and did not complain of hunger to anybody. Poverty was dearer to him than wealth and solvency. If he remained hungry at night, he used to keep fast the next day. If he prayed to his Lord, he, sh he would have been given the treasures of the entire world, but he rejected them all. Many a time I pitied him, seeing him hungry. I passed my hand over his belly and said, My life is dedicated to you. If you got what is sufficient for your hunger, he said, O oh, Aisha, the great apostles of patience before me bore greater patience than this trouble. They died in this condition and went to their Lord. They are now living in the most honorable places. I feel ashamed to go to a lower rank for being engaged in these worldly enjoyments. I love to have patience for these few days than to have a lesser rank in the next world. I don't consider anything more valuable than to live with my brothers and to find the apostles. Aisha said, hardly had one week passed after these talks when God took his life. You will find the conducts and behaviors of a modest man in the above ways of life of the Prophet. So, who wants to be modest should follow him. He who considers himself greater than the Prophet and is not pleased with what the Prophet remained pleased with is a great fool. The Holy Prophet is the owner of the greatest rank, both in this world and the next world. There is no honor and progress except in, the, in following the Prophet. For this reason, Umar ibn al-Khattab said, We are such a people who have been honored by the religion of Islam, so we should not seek honor by following others. When Umar ibn al-Khattab entered Syria, he uttered the above words when a man objected to his humility and Umar's modesty. Abu Darda said, Know that there are friends of God called Abdul, who are vice-surgeons of the prophets. They are Qutub or the representatives in this world. When the prophethood ended, God made them successors in their places who appear before the Muslims with the true fear of God, pious intentions and sound souls, and give them sermons although they may not pray and fast and dress greater than most of the people. By this they search God's pleasure with patience, without cowardice and humility, without meanness, God prefers them and gives them special qualities for himself. There are 30 to 40 truthful people in number. In their hearts there is faith firm and strong like that of Ibrahim salam. None of them dies without being replaced by another, by God. O oh brother, know that they do not curse anything. Don't inflict trouble on anything. Don't hold anything in contempt. They don't bear enmity with anybody and they don't envy anybody. They are the best of people and best in actions and their conduct is best in modesty and charity. Benevolence is their song. Modesty is their habit. Safety is their attribute. They are not such that today they fear God and tomorrow they are heedless. They are in the same condition outwardly. No storm or cyclone can ruin them in divine matters and no running horse can surpass them. Their hearts rise up to God eagerly, merrily and progressively in their good works. They are the party of God. 
God says that the party of God will be successful. The narrator said, O Abu Darza, I have never heard more beautiful statements than this. How can I earn them? He said, If you like to earn these attributes, hate the world, because when you hate the world, you will proceed towards the love of the next world. You will take recourse to renunciation of the world in proportion to your love of the next world. You will find things of your benefit in proportion to your renunciation. Hear what God says. God is with those who are God-fearing and who do good to others. Treatment of Pride and Modes of Acquiring Modesty Know, oh dear readers, that pride is harmful. Every man has got pride. It is incumbent or compulsory to remove it. It cannot be removed by mere wish or it should not be placed under treatment to uproot it. It should be completely removed. There are two stages of treatment. The first stage is that the root of pride shall be uprooted. The second stage is that the impediments or the causes which generate pride should be removed. The first stage. The medicine of uprooting pride is knowledge and action together. The medicine based on knowledge is as follows. You shall have to know yourself and know your Lord. If a man knows his real origin, he will know that he is the most heinous and he is not fit for anything except dishonor and disgrace. When he knows his Lord, he can appreciate that nobody is fit for pride except for the Lord. To know God, his glory, superiority is the end of spiritual knowledge. What the Quran says about a man's origin in the verse. 18.27 Woe to man what has made him to reject God. From what thing has he created him? From a semen drop he has created him and the verse goes on. In this verse, attention has been drawn to the origin and an intermediate conditions of man so that he may appreciate his own position. The origin of man. He was not a thing to be mentioned even he was in the circle of nothing for a very long time. What is a great heinous thing than this is not being in existence. He himself was not completely in existence. Then God created him with the most obnoxious thing. He created him first from earth, then from semen, then his bones were covered with flesh. Then he came into existence. First, he could not see, hear, or talk, so he began his being with death before life, weakness before strength, blindness before sight, deafness before bearing, dumbness before speaking, misguidance before guidance, poverty before solvency, frustration before power. This is the meaning of God's verse. With what thing did God create him? He created him with mere semen. This is also the meaning of the following verse. Has there not come a time over man when he was a thing not to be mentioned of? I have created men with semen that I may try them. Try him. 76.1 He has given power of sight and hearing and showed him to take either of the two towards infidelity or towards gratefulness. He came into being from non-existence. He got life after death, got power of speech from being dumb, the power of sight from being blind, strength from weakness, guidance from misguidance, and solvency from poverty. So how can he take pride? There are strong diseases, dangers, and calamities in his lifetime. He has got cough, juice of spleen, earth, air, which have been opposed to one another. One destroys another in spite of his willingness or unwillingness. He becomes will by compulsion. He dies by compulsion. He cannot do good or harm to himself. 
he cannot get what he distresses. He moves within the circle of the machinations of the devil and he cannot control his nature. He is helpless and hopeless. How can he take pride? Man's ultimate end. God says, then God will take his life and place him in the grave. Thereafter, God will raise him when he likes. In other words, he will rob him of all of his powers. The power of speech, the power of seeing, the power of hearing, the power of smell, the power of knowledge. These things will become non-existent like their first condition. Nothing remains in him after his death. His body becomes a corpse from which an obnoxious smell comes out just like his original matter, semen. His bones are crushed. His flesh becomes food for worms and insects. So the best way for him is to become dust, with which pots and utensils and buildings are made. Then he becomes nothing and goes to non-existence after a brief existence. If man would have ended into dust, it would have been better, but there is for him punishment for sins, rewards for virtues. He will be raised again into a new world or the day of judgment. He will have to render accounts for all of his deeds, which two angels have recorded. Then they did not miss even a minor thing from recording, so he can take pride. How can he take boast or be prideful? The medicine for pride based on actions. The medicine of pride based on action is to conduct oneself very humbly before the people and to follow the conduct of the humble and the modest. The Prophet said, I am only a servant. I take meal as a servant take meals. Salman Farsi was once asked, why don't you put on new clothes? He said, I am merely a slave. I would have put on new clothes if I had the hope for a single day. Modesty does not become perfect without actions. For this reason, those who took pride were ordered to have faith and to pray, as prayer is a pillar of religion, and for therein there are secret talks with the Creator, with humility and modesty. There is humility in prayer, and the Arabs, who were haughty, were ordered to be humble through prayer. They did not bow down their heads to anybody, they did not prostrate, so they were ordered to crush their pride by bowing and prostrating. The second stage of pride in this stage, one of the seven reasons mentioned below, have come into light, we shall describe the treatment of these seven causes by a mixture of action and knowledge. Number one, pride ar arising out of lineage. If one takes pride for lineage, let him treat this disease of his heart after knowing two things. One of the two things is that he should know that he is getting respect, not for his own quality, but for someone else's quality. For this reason, a poet says, if you take pride of lineage, though it to be true, think of what thing you have been created from. If a proud man of lineage is, qua is quality for his own fault, what benefit will he get owing to the honor of his ancestors? If this lineage would have been alive or his ancestors would have been alive for whom he takes pride, he would have said, honor is for me. Who are you? You are merely a worm of my urine. You have been created of the worm of my semen. He who has been created of the worm of a man's semen cannot be superior to the worm of a lower animal. Honor is not due to man for only this worm, but for his soul which comes from God. The second thing is that he could not recognize his real ancestor. His father was created of an obnoxious matter and his earlier ancestor was created of earth. God gave this news by saying, He made excellent of all things. 
He created and began creation of man from earth. Then he made his successors from semen, squeezing from incontemptible water. So man's origin is earth, which is tread upon. How can he take boast of his own ancestry? Medicine of pride, which is based on beauty. This medicine is to take a look at one's own internal impurity. Look at your belly, which is filled up with urine and stool. You have got stool in your stomach, urine in your urinal canal, cold arising out of your nostrils, spit in your mouth, blood in your veins, bad smell underneath your genital organs, sweat under your armpits, bad smell of the stools as a result of your washing it with your hands. These are signs of your impurity. Your origin is from an obnoxious semen mixed with the impure blood of menstruation, the sage Taus said to Khalif Umar bin Abdul Aziz. Can he whose belly is full of stool and urine take pride? This was uttered before he became Khalifa. Medicine praised medicine of pride for strength. It is to know the disease which is strong. If a gland of your head gives you pain, all your strength becomes baffled. If a fly takes something from you, you cannot recover it from the fly. If a mosquito enters your nostril or an ant enters your ear, you may die. If you are attacked with fever for one day, you may lose such a strength as cannot be recovered after many days. So when you have got no strength, even on a thorn, and you cannot recover a minor thing from a fly, should you take pride of your strength? Nobody is stronger than an elephant or a tiger or a camel. Number four, medicine for pride of wealth and power. This is the worst kind of pride. He who takes pride of wealth is like that man who takes pride of his conveyance and his house. If the conveyance is lost and his house falls down, one becomes sorry for them. Then, how can a rich man take pride of wealth? The Jews are the richest nation in the world in wealth, but they are kicked out of every land. It is foolishness to take boast of these things. You are merely a slave and nothing is under your control. Medicine for pride of education. A learned man cannot remove his pride unless he knows two things. The first thing is that God's judgment over the learned man will be the most strict. He who does not keep patience over a learned man, even for one-tenth of what he keeps patient over an illiterate man, because he who commits a sin knowingly commits a heinous crime. The prophet said, On the day of judgment, a learned man will be driven to hell. His entrails will be cut into pieces and he will roam with that as a donkey roams around a mill of oil. The dwellers of hell will ask him, what is your matter? He will say, I advised the people for good work, but I did not do it myself. I prohibited the people from doing bad things, but I did it myself. God gave a simile of those who do not act according to their learnings like a load-bearing donkey. He says, those learned men who are experts in the Torah and do not put it into action are like donkeys who bear heavy loads. 62.5 In this verse, the learned of the Jews have been spoken of. God revealed this verse regarding Balaram Boran. Mentioned to them about the man who, uh, whom I gave the signs but who turned away from them. God says, he is like a dog. If you trouble it, it pants. If you leave it, it pants. 7.176 Ibn Abbas said, Balaram was given education, but he was engaged in satisfying his passion, so his simile is that of a dog. The second thing is that a learned man knows that God alone can take pride and nobody else. But when he takes pride, he becomes an object of wrath of God. God says to him, you will get honor from me till 
you do not find honor for yourself. I will find honor for yourself. You will lose honor from me. So do what God loves, then pride will go away from you. The seventh cause. Pride arising out of God-fear and divine service is a great trial for the people. The medicine for that is that such a man should sow the seeds of modesty in his heart. It means that if a learned man comes to him, he should not take pride over him. God says, are those who are learned like those who are not learned? 39.9 The prophet said, the superiority of a learned man over a religious man is like my superiority over my companions. There are many verses in the Quran regarding the merits of learning. Sage Wahab bin Munaba said, The wisdom of a man does not become perfect till he acquires ten qualities. He counted nine and mentioned the tenth as to think every one is better than yourself. To him, mankind is divided into two classes. One class is better than him and another class is worse than him, but he becomes modest and humble to the people of the two classes as he thinks everyone is better than himself. God showed path to good conduct in the following verse. They give in charity from what they were given and their minds are fearful of returning to their Lord. In other words, they worship but they remain fearful of its acceptance. God says, those who remain fearful of their Lord. God says of his angels that they will remain always fearful of God Though they are free from the sins and engaged always in divine service, God says they glorify God day and night without rest and they remain fearful of him. The pride of the mind can be removed. Five trials of knowing secret conditions of pride. Number one, the first trial, you will know that you have got pride when in an altercation or an argument with your friend, you do not accept his opinion though it is correct. Fear God and treat then the disease of pride. Second trial. When you meet with your friends and other people, give them high places or front places to sit. If you feel it is difficult, you will know that you have got pride. And so, you should take secret and appropriate medicine and you should give them a high position. The third trial. Accept the invitations of the poor and go to the market for necessities of relatives and friends. If you feel trouble in mind for doing that, you will find that you have got pride and you try to remove it. The fourth trial. Carry your necessary things from the market and also necessary things of your friends. If your nature prohibits you to carry them, know that you have got pride and there is impurity in your mind. Try to remove it by rem remembering this verse. God says, nobody will get salvation except for one who comes to God with a pure soul. 26.18 Sage Abdullah bin Salam was carrying once a load of fuel. He was asked, O oh, Abu Yusuf, your servant is sufficient for that. He said, Yes, it is true, but I wish to try my nature whether it is ready to carry it or not. So the Prophet said, He who carries fruits or something else is free from pride. The fifth trial. Put on ordinary dress. If you want to come out before the people, the people with the good dress, it will show and it seems good to you when alone. It will be pride. Khalif Umar bin Abdulaziz had coarse clothes which he used to put on at night. The Prophet said, He who teethers a camel and puts on a Sufi dress is free from pride. He also said, I am a mere servant. I put on a Sufi dress, teeter camels, suck my fingers after meal and accept the invitations of a slave. He who turns away from my ways does not belong to my party. 
the secret habit of acquiring modesty. No, oh dear readers, that modesty has got two extremes like any other conduct. Humility, which reaches the extreme limit, shows pride, and humility, which crosses the limit of loss, is called meanness. The middle condition of humility is called modesty. The best condition is modest conduct without meanness and without pride. He who goes in front of his friends is a proud man and he who walks behind them is modest. The good man of God is he who adopts the middle course and pays the dues of whom they are due. Don't hold in contempt any man of the market as you don't know your ultimate end. Section 2. Self-Praise Know, oh dear readers, that Wuzab or self-praise has been condemned by God and his prophet. God says, in the battle of Hunain, your superiority in numbers gave you self-satisfaction, but nothing came to your use. God says, they, the Jews, thought that their fortresses would save them from God, but God gave them, that is the Muslims, help from such a place which they did not conceive. They returned to infidelity as they possessed fort and strength and power, and God says, they think that they are doing good works. Man takes self-satisfaction when he does a work out of mistake. The prophet said, There are three harmful things, miserliness which is followed, passion which is obeyed, and self-praise. The prophet said, Abu Salama regarding his latter followers, When you see miserliness followed, low desires obeyed, and each man following his own opinion, you should then go doing your duties. Ibn Mas'ud said there are two injurious things, despair and self-praise. He united the two matters as a man of despair gives up efforts, but fortune cannot be acquired without efforts, labor and care. And a man of self-praise thinks that his objective has been successful owing to his efforts and so he gives up the efforts. He who has got self-praise has no efforts. A man of self-praise thinks that he has attained a fortune and he does not make efforts to achieve it. God says, Don't impute piety to yourselves. 83.32 Ibn Zarif explained this verse by saying, When you do a good deed, don't say that I have done it. Hazrat Zaid bin Aslam said, Don't call yourselves religious. There is self-praise or considering oneself better. Hazrat Salha guarded the Prophet in the Battle of Ahud. He received wounds after wounds in defending the Prophet as his bodyguard, and he dedicated his life to him. Omar bin al-Khattab said that this Talha has got self-praise. Ibn Abbas said to Omar at the time of consultation, Where are you in comparison to Talha? Omar said, There is self-praise within him. When a man like him was not saved from self-praise, where are the ordinary people of this world? Sage Mutarif said to get self-satisfaction by saying that I have done sufficient after passing the whole night in prayer is worse to me than to pass the whole night in sleep with repentance in the morning. The Prophet said, if you had not committed sins, I would have feared for you a more heinous crime which is self-praise. So he termed it as a heinous evil. Aisha was once asked, when does a man do an evil deed? She said, when he thinks that he is a man of good deeds. Harms of self-praise The harm of self-praise is great, as it breeds pride and it causes more pride. Self-praise with the attributes of God makes one forgetful of his sins for which he can't 
remember his sins. He who does not understand the harms of his own action, almost all his efforts go in vain. He has got more God-fear than his self-praise searches into all things. He who has got self-praise is cheated by his own opinion. His self-praise takes him to such an extent that he praises himself and thinks himself to be pure. He has got satisfaction at seeing his wisdom, his good deeds and his opinions. He considers his opinions as good. If he does not believe his opinions and gets light from the Quran, takes help from the experts of the religion and follows those who have got deep insight, he can reach the real truth. So self-praise is injurious. What is wuzab or self-praise? Self-praise arises out of realization of perfection of deeds, learning and other qualities. There are three conditions. One condition is that he fears its loss. It cannot be called self-praise. The second condition is that if he thinks it is a gift of God, it cannot be called self-praise. The third condition may be called self-praise provided there is no fear but self-satisfaction and remaining upon it is self-praise. Self-praise arises out of the following thinking. I am a perfect man. I am a man receiving gifts. I am good. I am intelligent. X, Y, Z. He does not feel joy at the gifts of God, but he considers that it is his own quality for which he takes pleasure in them. He ascribes these attributes as his self-acquired attributes and not the gifts of God. If after giving charity to a man, he wants return of good and thinks that he has done a good deed, commits self-praise as God says. Don't seek much in return after doing good to anybody. The Prophet said, The prayer of a man who does it for return does not rise above his head. To weep, seeking return of your good deeds, is worse than your laugh after recognizing your sins. There is hope of return behind self-praise. And nobody expects return except one who praises himself as it arises from the feeling of superiority of oneself. The medicine of self-praise. Know, oh dear readers, that the medicine of self-praise and of every disease is its opposite. Self-praise arises out of ignorance, so its medicine is the knowledge opposite of ignorance. Self-praise arises out of works which remain under control, such as divine service, charity, jihad, administration, to do public good. Sometimes it arises from such works as are not within control, such as beauty and strength and lineage. The first is stronger than the second. The cause of self-praise arising out of the first qualities are that he thinks that he possesses these qualities because of his own efforts. Its medicine is to think as following. All gifts are given by God. Strength, limbs and other causes are all gifts of God and no one has earned these properties. So God is to be praised for all the works done with the help of strength limbs, will, and not your own self. If an emperor gives a gift to one of his servants, and out of so many of his men, the gifted person should not think that it has come because of his own qualities. It is true that your power, your movement of limbs, your will, 
and all your other attributes are all creations of God. So when you work, you yourself do not actually work. When you pray, you do not throw arrow, but God throws it. It is said in the Quran. It is true that it is clear from the above that those who are experienced in heart know this. God created you and your limbs and gave you strength, health, wisdom, intellect and also will. Then he created movement of your limbs and he created also your mind. The second thing is that you do work because of your strength. Where from have you got the strength from? But for your existence, this work should not have assumed form. Your will, strength and other causes of your works comes from God, not from yourself. If any work is done with the help of strength, this strength is its key and the key is in the hands of God. When the key has not been given to you, it is not possible for you to work. The divine service is almost valuable and fortune is gained by it. The key of divine service is strength, will, knowledge which are in the hands of God. Do you not see a jewel kept in front? Is not it a key in the hand of the treasurer? If you sit around the doors and walk walls of that fort for a thousand of years, it will not be possible for you to see the jewel within the fort. If you are given its key, you can then open the door of the greatest treasure of the world. God created your strength and gave you lordship over your will, gave your limbs power for movement and gave your hands to remove barriers and obstacles. All of these have come from God and they are not from you. So God has given you the key which is the root cause of your work. So open the door, take the jewel which are significant things. He gave you the key to do good work. The treasury of divine service is shut up against the sinners. God has made strong the causes of sins upon the sinners and removed them from you. He has made strong on them the urge of doing sins and removed it from you. He gave the impl implements of the worldly enjoyments and they, he removed them from you. For that doing of good works becomes easy for you and difficult for the sinners. He preferred you for good works and the sinners for the sins. When you have understood this, how can you take praise of yourself for your own actions? Rather, you should express gratefulness to God that he has given you the impulse to do good actions. There is no doer of deeds except God and there is no creator except God. He who has been given wisdom but not the riches says in wonder how he could not give me the provisions of one day while he gave me wisdom and how he gave this illiterate man riches but no wisdom. He is about to say that God has done injustice. But this proud man does not know that if he was given wisdom and riches together, it would have been an open act of injustice. Then the illiterate poor man would have said, O oh God, you have given him both wisdom and riches, but you have deprived me completely. Why did you give him both and not me both? Ali was once asked, Why do intelligent people become poor? He said, Intelligence is considered as a longing to provision. Prophet Daud said, No time passes during the night and day in which a member of the family of Daud does not do divine service by means of prayer, fasting, or zikr. God then revealed to him, O Daud, how can they do that? It would have not occurred had I not given them the opportunity. 
if I had not helped you, you could have not gathered strength. Just now I am entrusting you to yourself and then you will see what calamity happens. Then Daud fell in endless troubles. Daud, Ayyub and Daud said, O God, you are trying me by this calamity, but I do not complain once against your wish. I am satisfied with your will because of this calamity. Then a thunderstorm of ten thousand in number from a cloud began to say, O Daud, from whom did you get the attribute of patience? Then the prophet became, became repentant. He hung his head with dust and he said, O Lord, I have got it from you. For this reason God said, But for God's grace and mercy on you, none of you should have been pure, but God purifies one who wishes. 24.21 The companions of the prophet were the most pious and the religious. He said to them, None of you is such that his good deeds can give him salvation. They asked, O apostle of God, are you too? Not even you? He said, I am also. But God has covered me with his grace. After this, the companions wished to change the earth, brick and birds, although their works were pure and their hearts were clean. This is the great medicine of uprooting your self-praise. When the fear of God will remain in your mind, self-praise will vanish. Different kinds of self-praise. There are different kinds of self-praise which have been mentioned above. Sometimes there is self-praise for a matter for which there is no pride, for instance, a mistaken opinion which seems good to a man out of ignorance. From this angle, self-praise is divided into the following categories. The first class. In the first class of self-praise is because of physical beauty, health, strength, constitution of the body and a good voice. A man praises himself for the beauties of his physique and forgets that there are vanishing in every instance. The remedy of it is to remove it by thinking the origin and how his face was made beautiful by clay and how it will be rotten and melted in his own grave. The second class in self-praise is because of strength and power. Take the instance of the tribes of Ad and Samud, who said, Who is stronger than us? A strong man named Aziz lifted a mountain on his head and threw it down the soldiers of Musa salam, to crush them. But God had lifted up the peak of a bird hudhud and thrown it at his neck. The believer sometimes takes pride. For instance, Suleiman once said, I shall this night cohabit with my 100 wives and beget children. But God deprived him of his wish and he did not beget any children. The third class is self-praise for wisdom and intelligence, for worldly and religious affairs. He who remains upon his opinion and thinks another who is opposed to him is a fool, does not consult with others and hears the sermons of the learned. The medicine of the above is that he should be grateful to God for his wisdom that God has given him and think that it, has, it may be destroyed by a little disease and think that he may not be given but a little intellect as the Quran has said. The fourth class of self-praise is because of lineage. For instance, the self-praise of the people of the dynasty of Banu Hashim. Some of them think that they will get salvation for respect of their ancestors and their sins will be forgiven and that others are their slaves and servants. Its medicine is to know that your character and conduct are different from your predecessors. If you follow them, you cannot have self-praise, but 
think that they are the real honor is in the fear of God, piety, and good conduct. So follow the actions of which they are honored for. For them, every dynasty was equal and they had no boast for lineage. God says, O mankind, I have created you from one man and one woman and made you different tribes and dynasties so that you may know one another. The most honorable of you is the one who is most in the fear of God. 49.13 said in the Quran, it appears that origin of all is thus the same. The Prophet was once asked, who is the most honorable and intelligent man amongst men? He did not say at the time that he is one who is born out of dynasty. Rather, he said the most honorable is he who remembers death the most and becomes most prepared for it. The above verse was revealed when Bilal proclaimed Azan in the Kaaba on the day of conquest of Makkah. At that time, Haris bin Hashim, Sohail bin Amr, and Khalid bin Usaid said, This black slave is proclaiming the Azan. Then God revealed, The most honorable of you is the one who is most in the fear of God of you. The Prophet said, God removed from me, God removed from you the pride of the dark ages, that is Jahiliya. You are all children of Adam, and Adam was created from dust. He also said, O assembled people of the Quraysh, things should not come to such a pass that the people will come on the day of judgment with their actions, and you will come with the whole world in your neck and cry, O Muhammad, O Muhammad. I will then say this. It means, I will turn my face away from you. It appears from this that there they will be addicted to the world and their lineage will come of no use to them. God says, warn your near relatives. Then when this verse was revealed, the Prophet called all the tribe of Quraysh till, the, till he said, O Fatima, the daughter of Muhammad, O Sufiya, the daughter of Abu Mutalib, take care of your actions as I am not responsible to God for the actions of yours. Fifth class is the self-praise of oppressive rulers and the kings. The medicine is as follows. They should think that their end will be disgraceful. They will be objects of God's extreme hatred for their oppression of the people and creation of disturbance in the region. The angels on the day of judgment will throw hell on their faces. The sixth class is the boast for increased number of children, slaves, servants, relatives, friends and disciples. The unbeliever said, we are great in money and number. Think how they will be destroyed. The Muslims thought in the Battle of Hunayn that they were superior in number and for that pride they fled away from the battlefield at one instance. God says how many times a small party has defeated a big party by the order of God. So how can you boast of your numbers when you will be dead, you will be alone, away from your friends, relatives and helpers who will come of no use to you. They will leave you to be eaten by snakes and worms in your graves. They will flee on the day of judgment from you, the day when you will be in utmost distress. The seventh class is self-pride for riches, self-praise for the riches. The prophet once saw a poor man sitting by the side of a rich man. The rich man removed himself from the side and the prophet said, Do you fear his poverty coming on to you? Its medicine is to think that there are many dangers of wealth and many duties of rich man and there are endless merits of the poor. The poor will enter the paradise before the rich. Wealth comes and goes and there is no constants. The eighth class is self-praise for wrong opinion. God says, 
He whose evil deeds have been made nice to him and who regards them as good. God says, they think that they are doing good deeds. The prophet said, such mistaken notions will appear along with my latter followers and for this the earlier nations were ruined when they split themselves into different tributes. So he who is satisfied with his own opinion, every tribe is satisfied with what they have got. This is the condition of those who introduced innovations in the religion and they take pleasure in that. Its medicine is that his opinion is not free from defect and it is not consistent with the Quran and the Sunnah. The best course is to follow the ways of the sages and the saints and have faith in the verses of the Quran, the traditions and the ways of the Messenger of God. Jazakallah khair. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.